Well, I guess we got to do it like everybody else. Offer some kind of opinion on Chase Elliott and the suspension that has come from NASCAR. It is not even the most notable one in the last 48 hours. Actually, it is because he's the most yeah. popular driver in NASCAR. But they've been dropping the hammer the last two days. They have. And there's another one we'll get to in the Fast Five at Five-ish in a little bit. But uh, by that time, maybe we'll have more clarity on the other topic that we're following, which is no decision yet, at least not announced or reported by anybody, for Reese Beatman. Today being the final day, June or excuse me, June 1st being the uh, the day where once you're in the NBA draft, you are in the NBA draft until then, till midnight tonight. Players have a bit of time to wait, 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 and potentially withdraw from the draft. A lot of players have done that. It's all across social media. Auburn gets a player back. One of them goes to Ole Miss as a transfer. The other sticks at Auburn. Florida Atlantic gets a couple of guys back, but no news on Reese Beekman. So just keep in mind, we'll keep you updated on that development and many others throughout the fast lane, including around the fast five at five-ish. And weigh in, because we're going to get to some of your feedback around 545 after our chat with Ben Cates. But we have to go into this conversation because everybody's talked about it. And I don't think enough's been made about Denny Hamlin and the fact that he was vocal after the race about Chase Elliott believing that Elliott hooked him as he first mentioned when he's keenly aware that the Fox Sports microphone was in his face and reduced viewership and all because of a clunky schedule with the rain impacting the Coca-Cola 600. It still was on network TV. I got right rear hooked in the middle straight away. There it is. Knows what happened. And of course, after being probed for a little bit more info, he elaborated. He being Denny Hamlin on what happened with the nine car driven by the most popular driver in NASCAR, Chase Elliott. Yeah, it's a tantrum, and he shouldn't be racing next week. Right rear hooks are absolutely unacceptable. I don't care. It's the same thing Bubba Wallace did with, with Kyle Larson. The exact same. He shouldn't be racing. It's a tantrum. Ah, uh, yes. Denny Hamlin. Somewhat ironic, since many people would uh, deem him to be D-Bag Denny. I've heard that nickname before, which... Apparently, nobody's refuted. Just take that for whatever it's worth. But the flip side to that is when I've had chances to interview him at the racetrack, he's been good enough to do a couple of one-on-one. So appreciative of that. But, uh, you know, we got to call a spade a spade, given that there are a lot of other people that uh, would echo the sentiments that he's not exactly the most likable and popular guy. And now he goes after the most popular driver in NASCAR. But I get it on a number of fronts. First and foremost, you're using your platform. And Denny Hamlin, for a guy who has his own podcast keenly aware when microphones are in front of him he's aware at pretty much every time that that's the reality of his job and his position but even more so isn't this to a degree sticking up for his guy Bubba Wallace who was suspended last year for wrecking Kyle Larson I mean yes it's Chase Elliott yes there's a segment of NASCAR fans who are upset because he's their guy and I enjoy sports and drivers. I don't really get behind any player or team emotionally the way that fans do. And that's doesn't mean I'm not a fan of sports. I love sports, but it doesn't uh, have the same emotional connection, even to my teams like the Philadelphia sports teams, painful as it is to be fans of some of them. But the truth is, Denny Hamlin's not wrong. I mean, Chase Elliott, what he did was intentional. And Trey, the biggest line of demarcation with this, and I know you guys covered it on your most recent 
Front Stretch After Dark podcast that dropped. Happy Hour. Happy Hour podcast. God, I keep getting that wrong. You're going with the OG name. I am. I the like baby, the name that, that the inside baseball name. I mean, that's the one that I would have gone with, but nobody asked. But Happy Hour is, you know, think it's, about this it's, is. Oh, it's synonymous with the old NASCAR practice session. And when's the best, you know, when do you want to go get drinks at Happy Hour? Because they're cheap. Yes, indeed. How about that? It's a t- see what I you know because we we may or may not consume adult beverages while we have conversations. Well, you know, here's a friendly reminder: you don't want to be calling the Trost Law Firm because you got pulled over for drinking. Yeah, I so, I always mention service. Don't and, drink and drive. Thank I, you, Trey. Appreciate you doing that continually on the Front Stretch Happy Hour podcast. But you mentioned that, and the, the truth is, this is not only the right decision, but here's the thing. You're hearing a lot of folks say it's the right decision. There's a time and a place to be contrarian with a hot take. I'm not that guy anyway, but this really is not that time and place. I mean, again, this is the same guy who has advocated rough, aggressive racing. Trey, there's a difference between ramming someone in the rear and ramming them literally side by side, beating and banging, if you will, and flat out turning into somebody and spinning them out at 180 miles an hour, like happened at Charlotte this past weekend, and in a car that we know to have had its fair share of concerns with safety issues. Alex Bowman, Kurt Busch, among the drivers who have been caught up in these type of safety concerns and situations. So, hot takes aside, doesn't even seem like there had to be that much of a debate unless you're a diehard Chase Elliott fan who couldn't quite see the forest through the trees. Yeah, he right rear the dude. Um, as stated on the podcast, I think we all agree that the penalty was justified. I think um, the problem for NASCAR is they already set the precedent on this. When it is clear that he did what he did at the speed he did, and they just penalized less than a year ago Bubba Wallace for doing the same thing, they, they literally put themselves in a box. Once they said for what Bubba did was for the on-track ex- action, not him getting out of his car and shoving Kyle Larson. It was for specifically only the on-air, on-track action. They truly had no other choice. Um, uh, uh, good for NASCAR. They get to make more Chase Elliott's back promos for Sonoma. Um, Ironically, after they suspended him this time. Yeah. Um, so they had no choice. I think if they did not suspend him, the multiple angles of ways that this looks hypocritical would be so damning for NASCAR that, again, it was the only choice. It was simply, at the end of the day, I said it as soon as it happened. I even argued with my dad about it. I actually convinced him I was right, which was oh, shocking. Oh, look at you, putting your persuasive skills. Because I had explained to the, you know, the Bubba Wallace situation. He's not as, you know, he watches the races, but I think he's not connected to the minutiae as, like, us, we are. But you had to suspend him. And they did the right thing. They kept it consistent, and they did the right thing. So credit to NASCAR for doing it. It was the only choice. Um, I think it's uh, interesting who they picked to replace him. They were kind of in a box there as well where hey, Josh Berry probably couldn't do the race because he was in Portland. Um, so do you pick like a Christian Eckes who's also sponsored by Napa? I heard that name float around but they ultimately go with Corey LaJoy which I think was a really good choice. Eckes truck series racer who was going to be in St. Louis because the trucks yes. in the cup are in St. Louis. Why Carson Hosefar is 
you drive him for Spire, the Spire 7, because he also drives your Spire in the Xfinity series. Um, it makes sense because Hendrick... In the truck ha- series? No, he, in, the in the Xfinity, Xfinity series. Thing. He drives for Nice in, in the uh, truck series. Um, so, a little complicated, little how they get LaJoy, but I think it's cool for Corey LaJoy. I think, ironically, if somehow Corey LaJoy wins this weekend, and that's the reason Chase Elliott gets... Kick, doesn't make the playoffs because I think at this point he has to win his way in. Um, he can't point his way in um, just because the gap will be too much. Um, it, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out. But NASCAR ultimately made the right choice and kind of, and, and I I think you'll agree with me, the is the only choice. It was the only choice was to suspend him. No, you, you're, you had all the right points, Trey. I mean, you set the precedent on this and the biggest difference is it's not pushing and shoving off the track. It's not aggressive racing toward the end of the race or at junctures where there's an element of payback, but in a fairly reasonable fashion. It's a flat-out hook. And again, this is coming from the guy, Trey, and I, I'm kind of using a third-person reference so you can vilify me for that, if you will, at Fast Lane, Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. But here's the thing. I, I am very much in favor of somebody races you hard, cough Ross Chastain go right back at them deliver the same thing they've done beat and bang squeeze them in the track squeeze them into the wall knock them and spin them out there's a difference between that though and a right hook coming out of a turn when you don't have any opportunity to do something else versus aggressive hard racing particularly a guy to get his lap back or you're delivering an element of payback there are ways to deliver payback Trey in a way that's more Safe and sane, and remember, it may seem hard for you, the fan, to visualize that, and that's totally reasonable and understandable, but doing, conducting payback in a way that sends the message, maybe even takes a guy out of the race, but doesn't compromise his safety, is a lot more doable for arguably the 43 to 50 most talented stock car drivers that are currently racing in the world right now. Well, yeah, I agree with that. Like, I think the right rear, especially in these cars, it, it, and at the speed they were going, is just not the right choice. Let's let's take the Chase Elliott part out of this. Like, go watch the footage of Denny Hamlin in car when he takes that hit. It is violent. Very, very violent movement in the car. He talked about on his podcast how he had a very stiff neck. Do I think he might have been, you know... Exaggerating? Yeah, Maybe, but he probably also did have a really stiff neck because that was a very violent hit. Let's add to the fact that just how dangerous these cars have been with concussions, this was the one way to get quote-unquote payback that's wrong. You And the ironic part is Chase Elliott has given Denny Hamlin quote-unquote payback in the perfect way. He sent him up in the wall, had Denny Hamlin cut a tire and end his race. Like that's he did that a few years ago at Phoenix. Like he's already done this to Denny Hamlin where he got payback the right way. Um and for Chase Elliott, you cost yourself that race, ultimately. So you essentially hurt yourself because it was in stage two. You essentially missed two races because you wrecked yourself out of this race so early on. And then you're missing St. Louis, where for you, more than anyone in this series, points matter the most because you miss so much time. Where I think he had an average, like a top five finish or move five spots in points. I'm not exactly sure what the ex- exact math was, but it wasn't wrecking someone and getting out of the race in stage two. 
of of the race. So ultimately, it was a dumb move by Chase. He deserved to get suspended. NASCAR did the right thing, and um, we move on from this. And we you, we uh, you know I think if you're Hendrick, you could tell Hendrick kind of agreed with it because they like 2311 when it went with Bubba. They said we accept this penalty. We're not going to appeal. Um, I wonder if they're going to do what um, 2311 did and put John Hunter Nemechek's name on the physical car, um, or will they keep Chase Elliott's name on the car? Because notice, like when Bowman and him have been out, they've kept their names on the car. But I remember for the actual suspension for 40, the 45 car, it had John Hunter's name on it. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Um, the most interesting part, though, there's so many stories. Like this is crazy. The, the most interesting part, though, is can this guy named Corey LaJoy win the race? For Chase Elliott, win the race because this may be his only shot to do it. It's a one-race suspension, and, I mean, yes, injuries have happened. We've already seen it with Elliott earlier this year. We saw it with Alex Bowman, but doesn't he kind of embody the NASCAR fan? He's had to scrap his way through less-than-ideal rides, similar to, ironically, the other fill-in that Hendrick has used, Josh Berry, who parlayed that into a new opportunity, reportedly, or all indications are, that it'll be with Stuart Haas Racing. Good for him. That's awesome. Cup ride for a guy that's paid his due, so to speak, and just hasn't been blessed with the right equipment in the right situation. And as somebody who kind of bemoans the fact that some of that is just subjective, you know, it's like in our business, what's deemed talent and not, sometimes it's very subjective. Don't get me wrong. They're guys that are at the top of the food chain that oftentimes are really talented, but they're also folks that seem to be in the right spots because it's subjective to what someone else likes or thinks, and that person happens to be in charge, and that's how somebody stays in there. And that works that way in other areas of life. So when somebody doesn't get that opportunity, and then finally it comes, even if it's just once, it is okay to feel the level of emotion and hope, Trey. I know I use the dirty four-letter word, the H word, here in the fast lane. But it's okay as a fan to feel that level of hope that... Corey LaJoy makes the most of this moment because you don't get them that often and it would be really cool to see him win the race or get a top three or a top five and get that screen time and attention for his performance where people are talking about his story of every time he seems to have had the glimmer of the right ride it's forced him down a peg or two to a less than ideal situation yeah and ironically the last time he had his best chance to win it was Atlanta and who sort of cost him it was Chase Elliott very funny. It is. And, and that's the ultimate truth. And it was Chase Elliott who got his car into a less than ideal look. Is your car a less than ideal look right now? It's a lot simpler than going and getting a new car, although you can certainly go to fellersdirect.com and call my guy Chris Towns at Fellers Chevrolet. But if you love your car, but it just doesn't look ideal, no problem. InsaneRadioDeals.com has the solution for you. Lynchburg Car Wash, complete detail washes at InsaneRadioDeals.com because why go to the car wash and have to drive through and then get out and vacuum, get out and do all the extra cleaning? No, 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 no. Go to the drive through get out of the car, and let somebody else do it for you. When you go to InsaneRadioDeals.com, that happens. And oh, by the way, whether it's Lynchburg Car Wash, the Lotus Beauty Bar, new location on Wards Road in the old Hills Shopping Center, Aquatrek Adventures, Get Air Lynchburg Experiences, and much more. Everything is at least 66% off when you enter the promo code MILITARY at checkout. Now through 6-6. So we got less than a week to go. Next Tuesday is the end of the special. So shop now for your specials and orders 
at InsaneRadioDeals.com. Now, it's on Beekman Watch. Where do we stand with that? We'll get to that momentarily, but there are other developments in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. Oscar Sheway sticking in the NBA draft while Caleb Love from North Carolina transferred to Michigan, never actually played there, maybe never even went there. Couldn't get in. (laughs) Possible as well. He's going to Arizona instead. At least that's the latest destination for him. Guys like Shibway, or we saw it with Armando Baycott at North Carolina this year, Drew Timmy at Gonzaga, I would put into this category as well. Keep riding the college experience. Yes, I understand. You may be ready to go pro, but if you're a traditional big man, and I love that in the game of basketball, the half court, the big man that can beat and bang, you can feed him down low and they can score. It's just not that value in the NBA. Could a guy like Baycott or Shibway or Timmy find a home? Sure, they could find a home in the NBA, but it's not going to be for a ton of money. It's riding the bench, and there's a good chance when you start off, you're in the NBA G League where you actually make less money. You don't get better travel arrangements like top hotels and comfy flights and everything else that's provided. It's not nearly as glamorous. So, yeah, if I'm Oscar Shibway, ride the train out as long as possible. From that standpoint, that standpoint alone, yeah, I disagree with the decision to stay in the NBA draft, not knowing all the circumstances and details that actually go in to that decision. Number four. Well, Reese Beekman has not yet announced whether he is going to return to the University of Virginia or stick in the NBA draft. Does it not kind of feel like Beekman, the way he left Virginia, not under bad circumstances, but just kind of the finality in terms of the tone of his departure is going to stick in the draft. Now, I've seen no mock draft projections anywhere, and I don't know if you have, Trey, but I haven't seen any that have Reese Beekman as a first or second round pick. Why not return to Virginia? We've seen what they can do with players and the extra year of development. I get it. It's a structured offense for a role player and I mean, maybe I'm misevaluating Beatman, but I don't think he's likely to be a star, so he probably is a role player at the next level. An extra year of showing your skills in a structured offense may not be great for the basketballist poetry and the free-flowing folks out there, and maybe Beatman wants to be that. But in terms of his pro outlook, I don't find him to be that. But he is the type of guy that knows how to defend. He could polish that up. He could get more opportunities with he and Harris splitting the role at point guard this year for Virginia. Dante Harris, the transfer from Georgetown. Uh, Again, to me, it kind of feels like Beatman really would rather stay in the NBA draft, but if he's not projected in any mock drafts, I haven't seen or heard of him being mentioned as one of the risers from the NBA combine over the last couple of weeks and NBA workouts up to this point. What he may want emotionally is not necessarily what may not be the smart move for him, and maybe he's trying to come to terms, and this is a crucial part, But with the fact that he's not getting what he wants from the NBA and going back to Virginia and what he does not want for his, you know, wishes, but is the best professional move for him, is he ready to buy in once again? Because that is not an easy thing to do. I think all those could be reasons why we still haven't gotten an update on Reese Beekman. Number three. Schedules have been announced, not for the full season for Virginia Tech or Virginia, but the first handful of games of the year for the Virginia Cavaliers, Virginia Tech Hokies, and the full Liberty Flames schedule. Takeaways from this for Virginia at the start of the year. They kick off their season noon 
against Tennessee that Saturday, September 2nd. Trey, I'm going to make this real succinct. You could play that game anytime, and it doesn't matter. Virginia is going to get destroyed. Do you agree or disagree with that comment? Yeah, um, they're going to... We'll finally get to see Nico Imalieva, I bet, in that game because it'll be a blowout. Perfect mop-up duty for the highly touted freshman who came well, with a big NIL deal to UT. If Joe Milton is like Joe Milton and throws really hard and really fast and overthrows everyone, then maybe maybe they have a shot. But if it's anything like it was in the Orange Bowl, good luck. No, it's more likely that he throws off course early, and then by the second quarter, the coaching staff says, we're just going to run the ball because we can mash Virginia, and they're not going to be able to do anything about it. And they change the game plan that way. Um, but JNU is a noon kickoff the following week. Uh, again, I love the noon kickoffs. I'm a upset big fan alert. of those. Oh, I don't even know if it would be an upset. I think JMU might be favored. Uh, we knew Maryland was going to be a night game. We knew Lou or NC State was going to be a night game. And we knew Louisville would be a night game. Virginia's got three of those Friday night games on the docket. The time of that doesn't matter. Uh, you know, 7 7 30, either way. We kind of knew that was going to happen. It's more the first two weeks of the Our year. Our high school games are going to be more entertaining than those. I mean, what? Oh, they definitely will. JF Football coming again this fall to the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Number two. Speaking of Virginia Tech, their first three games of the year have been released. Old Dominion is an 8 o'clock kickoff, Saturday night, the first game of the year. That's September 2nd, Labor Day weekend game. Trey, I mean, I get it, but I'm not a fan of that. I would much rather for Virginia Tech their season to kick off at a much more opportune time than 8 o'clock. I am the one guy who loathes those night kickoffs where I know the Virginia Tech game isn't going to wrap up until like 1130. And yes, it's Labor Day weekend. And yes, there's no Labor Day 5K like the Memorial Day 10K run and two mile walk, which was this past week. Thank God, because you got to stay up late for that game. Although, hey, maybe there's a level of intrigue because we've seen that before with Virginia Tech. We do get the reward, though. The Purdue game the following week is a noon kickoff for that and a 330 kickoff. For the game against Rutgers, game three of the schedule for Virginia Tech. I like that. Those are things to note. Everything after that, outside of the weeknight games, are TBD based on what the television wants. And number one on the Fast Five at Five The Liberty Flames, their full football season schedule has been released. I'll be honest, there were a couple shockers there. Previous years, and maybe this was Hugh Freeze really advocating for it, but in previous years... Liberty games early in the year would be later kickoffs, and then they would be progressively earlier. That's not the case this year. First two games of the year are 12 noon kickoffs for Liberty. Excuse me, first game of the year is a noon kickoff. Then New Mexico State, remember them Liberty fans? And Hugh Freeze. Uh, Six o'clock kickoff. But it's kind of all over the map for Liberty. Early season games kicking off at noon on that field turf. Uh, Bowling Green against Liberty. I'm kind of intrigued by that. That turf could be scalding out there. When that game kicks off, yes, you take the checks from CBS Sports Network and the ESPN platforms, and that has a big part to this as well. But a lot of the rest of the schedule for Liberty, kind of fascinating because they have later season games that are evening kickoffs, which might actually make it a lot colder for fans who are at those particular games. Other one of note for the Liberty football schedule, the Western Kentucky game, which may well be for the Conference USA Championship. That is an ESPNU game, so ESPNU gets that particular game on the schedule for Liberty. And there is your Fast Five at 5 When we return in the Fast Lane, Ben Cates, newsadvance.com, updates us on where things stand with high school playoff action 
and his perspective here in the fast lane across the Virginia Talk Radio Network.